Tulsa, it is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. I am Colby Daniels along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We say hello to Dusty Dvorak on this Monday. Dusty, happy Monday, my friend. What is happening? A little bit of everything. It's the 100th day of school at my daughter's elementary school. So she was dressed up like a 100-year-old woman this morning. She came walking into my office. She had the she had a cane and like a <laughs> these old glasses and gray hair and the whole thing was done up. So she was fired up and excited. It's just it's crazy. We're already to February and the the time just absolutely flies by. So I mean, and here we are, Super Bowl week, the final week of football as we know it for some time. I mean, we do have the new UFL, which is USFL, XFL. We have spring ball here very soon but there's uh, a finality about this week for our football calendar with the super bowl and we had the pro bowl games yesterday right yes yeah i mean and by the way i was going to mention pretty cool to see baker mayfield city lamb uh with a connection in the end zone uh two things on those guys in particular has anybody helped their stock from the midway point of the season to right now more so than baker mayfield it's hard to imagine that somebody has has moved further in that amount of time. Because not that I don't think anybody's going to pop in the skills competition from Thursday or the seven-on-seven seven matchup that we saw yesterday, but he wins the skills competition for the quarterback the other night. He, what, MVP for the seven-on-seven seven yesterday. Like, what he did in the second half of the season for the Bucks, leading them, getting a playoff victory, like – I mean, he is just on a heater right now, and I love to see it, man. He like, was in a quarterback competition to start the season, and and most of the conversation was this is probably his last opportunity at starting in the NFL. 100%. And now it's like, you know, he, he sounds as if Tampa is going to want to keep him, but, like, what if, what if there's some other teams out there we don't know about when free agency hits that have a real interest? Like, it could get interesting. Like, I mean, you know, does Atlanta – Atlanta seeing him in that division. I mean, they need a quarterback. They may be too far back to get one of these big three quarterbacks. Would they make a move? Would they try to go after Baker? Like, I just think it's fascinating that uh, a year ago at this time, I think most people would say he's not a starting quarterback. He may not even be in the NFL in the next couple of years. To now, the narrative has completely shifted and absolutely changed around him. And I just, I give him so much credit, man. He's, he's really put himself in a prime spot heading into this year's free agency. And I'm, I'm glad to see all the success and praise coming his way. And, and it's funny too, like when he, when you have success, all of a sudden it's not brash cockiness. It's just swag. Right. right? Yeah. It's like yeah. the narrative is, it's, it's such a fine line and it can shift and sway between one and the other. It's like, Ooh, I want that in my locker room. Whereas like a year ago you're losing. Oh God, he's a cancer. It's just fascinating to me how just the narratives kind of just constantly are, are ever changing. And there was CD, like, and you and I have talked about this, but will they get a deal done or do you think they're going to have to tag him? I've been really wondering because his – talk about somebody whose stock is at an all-time high. I mean, he was just incredible this season, as we both know. I don't, I don't think you can let him go. Like, I, I'm, I'm at a point now where there was a time in my life where I thought, ah, receivers, they're expendable – I don't want to. I don't want to put allocate too much of my, yeah. you know, my money in that position. That's changed for me. You need a number one. You need a number one for your quarterback. You need a number one for your run game. 
and CD Lamb is is easily proven he's a legit number one. I'm just wondering, do they get to a place where they can get a long term deal done? Or is this more than likely headed to a franchise tag? I think they probably get a deal done, and I don't think you want to mess with the franchise tag, especially at the receiver position, right? Because that's going to be a giant big number, number anyway. Big number, yeah. If it was a lower number, then maybe you get the one year on the cheap and roll it over you know, past that. But I think you have to do it. And, and look, I, I think the construction of the team says you have to do it, right? This isn't yeah. a, a run-first team. This isn't a, a team with a quarterback where you can say – just give him any options and he's going to make everyone better. That's not really how Dak Prescott has ever been. Uh, so, you know, maybe if it's, if it's a, a better run game, if the offense is more focused on the run game, or you have a quarterback that, you know, maybe gives you the confidence that you could just plug and play different receivers in there and still have the same sort of production, then sure. But that's not the Cowboys makeup. And I think we saw the drastic drop off with the receiver core overall, when they decided to let go of Amari Cooper. Yes, And it's, it's been a bit of an uphill climb and, you know, they finally uh, made CD lamb a focal point and it, it completely changed the offense this year. So I, I think they'll get him, get him taken care of, but you, you know how negotiations work. I'm sure it's going to get ugly as it always does with the Cowboys and uh, you know, some of the narratives maybe that come out of that thing. But yeah, I mean, he, you can make the argument that he is the best receiver in the NFL right now. I want to get him locked up. I want to get the deal done. Get a good, fair, clean deal. Makes sense. Make him a top five paid receiver and move on down the road. And then obviously you want to work towards getting Micah Parsons, uh, his deal done. But they, they got to maneuver some uh, contracts around. Uh, they typically do a very nice job of that. But there's a couple of big cap hits coming their way, most notably Dak Prescott. But I, I would imagine uh, they're probably already steadfast at work on that. One more Cowboys uh, just question I'll throw at you. It's, it's that time of year. I know it's the Super Bowl. It's mock draft season. And I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them left, right, up, down, six ways from Sunday. And I'm I'm I think I'm probably like you. I'm a sucker for it. I, I can't not at least take a peek, take a look. The majority of the ones that I've seen have the Cowboys taking an offensive tackle. I see a lot of that all over the place. Obviously. Jordan Morgan, Tyler Guyton, yeah. I've seen I've seen a lot of different I've seen Tyler Guyton all over the place. I've seen him in the in the teens. I've seen him Same. back in the twenties. He's kind of been all over the place. But Various I've seen Mims. I've seen Mims. I've seen Morgan. Uh, I've seen even J.C. Latham around there. Yeah. But it was interesting. Matt Miller put one out, and I know Matt very well, and he does a great job there at ESPN. He had Keon Coleman in the one he put out today, and I thought that was interesting. I'm a big Keon Coleman fan. Um, I just. I thought that was interesting because I didn't I, – I think that's probably about where Keon Coleman is. I like his size. He will go up and get the football. But it, it surprised me a little bit that maybe if you're going big board, best player available, I don't know if that's a, a pressing need for me right now. And as much as anything, like – and I would like to see early on, I'd like to see – the, the defense to me was a pretty, pretty glaring issue. I, and I would always want to try to invest in my offensive line and, you know, along my defensive front. And I think that, that to me got exposed um, a lot this year, especially in the run defense, just along the middle of that defense. I was, so again, these are mock drafts. We're way early. We're just in February, but that one kind of threw me off. Cause as much as I like Keon Coleman, the player, 6'4", 215, 220 frame, I, I didn't think that made a lot of sense for the Cowboys, but uh, I did. I'm not going to be upset if they bring in another weapon. I just, 
I don't know where that exactly fits from a need standpoint because I would think receiver pretty far down the list on what this Cowboy team needs to get over the hump and finally actually win a couple of games in the postseason. The only way in my mind that makes a lot of sense, and again, the board could probably fall in a way where I say he's the best player available and pull the trigger, but if you don't want to spend the money on CeeDee Lamb, then I guess pulling the trigger there to find his replacement is maybe the option because Brandon Cook still has another year, and so your one-two is back, and you know they're, it, it, it's not like they they throw to the tight end so much. Yep. Uh, with and they got a, a bunch of young guys in that spot, so yeah, I don't think it would be a pressing need nearly as much as offensive line. Or you almost have to go back and address the position you addressed last year because for some reason by the end of the year, Mozzie Smith looked what? like a three technique. He lost like fifty pounds and was uh, was sleek. By the end of the year, Dusty, he needed to eat more cheeseburgers and, and clog the middle. That's right. So, um, you know, maybe you could go after that again. And and uh, I've seen Tavondre Sweat mentioned in the later stages of the first round. You know, maybe you could still get him in the second. It's it's probably a little bit iffy uh, from that regard. And then I've also seen edge rushers and giving you more ability to move Micah Parsons around, which I don't know that I, I love. But, uh, yeah, I think there are options for sure. I would love to see Devontae Devontae Sweat. I I don't – he's a second-round pick to me, maybe even a third-rounder. I I love the guy as a player. He's a two-down player. He's not going to rush the passer. Um, Now, Byron Murphy, different kind of player. Byron Murphy, I think I told you this for a while, like, that's the dude. Like, that's the one that you want. That's the one that translates to the the National Football League. I think Sweat is – like, he'd be perfect if you got him in the right spot for the Cowboys to kind of clog that middle, take up some space, first, second down, bring him out on third down, second long, and you can have some different, you know, packages, personnel packages out there. But anything in the first round or early second round, I would I would stand clear. But if you could get them, Cowboys have what, 56-ish, 24 and 56? That ballpark, yeah. If he's around at 56, I think it makes a ton of sense. Anything prior to that is not. So, sorry, yeah. I, I hijacked – uh, the start of my hit here, and I've, <laughs> I've just gone uh, Sooners and uh, hey, you, you're never gonna, Cowboys Wild. You never have to apologize for talking Cowboys football with me, that's for sure. Uh, did did your kids watch the Pro Bowl at all? Because I, my son watched it, and he liked the 7-on-7, seven seven, but he loved the obstacle course relay and the tug-of-war and that sort of stuff. Like, he was geeked on it. And I got to be honest, like, I enjoyed watching that stuff too. Like, give me – Give me more of that stuff in the Pro Bowl. I, I thought it was a ton of fun. I like that stuff. We we watched some. We watched Thursday night. Uh, we did not watch as much on uh, yesterday. We were just so busy. We were here, there, everywhere. But, yes, in, in general, uh, he really likes that kind of stuff. I, I remember as a kid, it would be like the summertime they had those kind of things yeah. where they had, like, different obstacle courses. And they'd have the quarterback challenges. It wasn't Pro Bowl-centric, I don't believe. I think it was more like in the summertime. I just remember watching it uh, in the summertime as a kid, so I've always kind of been a sucker for that. But the seven-on-seven itself, eh, I just, I don't know. That doesn't do it for me as much as some of the other stuff. One thing that he loved, his favorite thing from Thursday night, was was dodgeball. He's all about, like, watching Micah Parsons with a dodgeball in his hand, like, he could sit there and watch that all day. So I think if we were ranking some of the different events, I think that was 
probably at the top of his list. He was pretty jacked Just, up about yeah, that. Yeah, turn it into a, an American Gladiators type show with dodgeball and the obstacle course and all. And I'm I'm in. Like I, that's well, that to me is way more fun than watching a seven on seven where, you know, I mean, it's, it's not really competition. They're just kind of having fun and going through the motions. Well, then you got to play Powerball. I mean, if we're going to go American gladiators, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Powerball is, can you imagine like uh, you put, you know, Parsons and um, you know, some, you know, a linebacker or safety is going to take your head off out there defending oh, yeah. a little cylinder in the middle. Uh, now that would be, you would talk about fun, but my gut would tell me, agents and owners and <laughs> right. people that are signing these guys to contracts probably not going to be overly excited about that but um i i think i give peyton credit the pro bowl was dying if not dead and completely lost any kind of intrigue and i think it really lost the players wanting to even mess with it i mean i think it's brought back players wanting to go because it's fun and it's a chance for them to show some personality on camera which is good for their brand. And I think they just kind of enjoy being around each other. It feels more interactive for the players, for the fans. I give them credit. You know, they're, they're taking a big swing. They, they, they roll the dice uh, with a gamble and just trying to try something different. I think it's gone pretty well. I thought this year better than last year. Like the one last year for me, the golf that yeah. I thought that was terrible. Yeah. It took way too long it was not fun. Like I, I made myself sit through and watch it, but I think that, um, you know, uh, again, anytime you're going to try something different, go on a limb, some stuff's going to hit, some stuff's going to fail, but I give them credit because I feel like this year it's been more well-received than previous Pro Bowl festivities I can remember as of late. Yeah, no doubt. Dusty Dvorak is joining us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. So Super Bowl week, Dusty, six days away from the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. I love this matchup. I know that a lot of the week is going to be focused on, obviously, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And then, you know, Kyle Shanahan has his own uh, narrative that's that's going around. What to you is the focal point uh, six days out? Well, Taylor Swift. I mean, what are we what are we talking about? Of course, it's it's Taylor Swift. I mean, she won two Grammys last night, Colby. She's the all time record setter, and she released a new album. I mean, come on, how is this not the topic of conversation for everybody? By the way, Fast Car with Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs was off the charts last night. That's five minutes of, of goodness that we should all welcome into our hearts. Um, I I the one thing I do love about the Taylor Swift storyline is that my my daughter's excited about a Super Bowl for the first time ever. Like I don't I don't care if I they show her once, twice, three times. Amen. They don't if they don't show her at all. But the fact that my daughter and and her friends are going to be excited to because Taylor Swift might pop on TV and she's going to watch some football. I think that's cool. Unless uh, we're missing live football action because they're showing Taylor Swift, why yeah. does anybody care? I don't get it. I I really don't get the narrative. I, they, they've done the – I've seen them do the Gazintas and put the numbers out, and it's minuscule. I mean, it's a fraction of the broadcast that we actually even see here, though everybody wants to make a big deal of it. I mean, I think the number one storyline around this game, it's got to be about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, that legacy that they have now built in Kansas City, right? Because two is something special, but as you and I know very well, when you get that third, like Troy and Emmett, and Michael, though it wasn't Jimmy Johnson that got the third, like that, that core 
I mean, you put yourself in the most rarefied air. And I think for Kelsey, for Mahomes, for Andy Reid, kind of that trio, uh, they're, they're already all three, no doubt about it, Hall of Famers. I think you put yourself in a completely different echelon if you get your third. So not necessarily game-specific, breaking it down from a matchup standpoint, but as far as overall storylines, there's not a bigger storyline than that one, right? A third Super Bowl championship for a quarterback, a head coach, and potentially, which I'm going to go ahead and say, the greatest pass-catching tight end in the history of the National Football League. When you get that third and you do it, what, three out of the last four seasons, you put yourself in a very uh, special and a very unique group of players to ever play in the National Football League. Brock Purdy, as Mr. Irrelevant, you know, winning a Super Bowl is probably a, a yep. close second, I would guess. It is, and I, I think that that's, um, that's an awesome story. I mean, you want to talk about from, you know, I don't want to say from rags to riches, uh, but the, the last draft choice uh, to now be in back-to-back NFC championship games and a chance to win a Super Bowl, it's, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you know, and it, it's, we've, somewhat seen this before and on the same level, but I mean, Tom Brady was a six round pick, like whatever it is, pick, was it pick one ninety nine? Uh, he was, that's not Mr. Relevant, but w- we've seen obviously the chip on the shoulder that he continued uh, to play up his entire career. And I'm sure though Brock Purdy doesn't show it. Uh, he looks like, you know, um, he looks like the, the kid next door uh, who's is, you know, just as good a young man as you're going to find. Uh, I'm sure on some level that's something that fuels him. That's something that drives him. And he's got, look, the the reality is he's got the better overall team. I do believe that. Um, He's got better weapons on offense. Uh, I think he's got the better offensive line. He's Debo Samuel, uh, McCaffrey, and Kittle. That's as good a trio as you'll find anywhere. And Brandon Ayuk, Ayuk, yeah. The fact that he's the number four and me even mentioning that, I think that that says a lot in of itself. And uh, with Shanahan, you know, pulling the strings and and putting all those pieces in the right position and and stressing defenses, I mean that that's a, a lot to like offensively. So, uh, I mean, he's got a he's got a remarkable opportunity uh, to go out there and uh, for a guy that couldn't quite get it done winning a Big Twelve championship in year two, if he could bring. Uh, a, a Super Bowl back to San Francisco, there's no doubt. It is an absolutely remarkable story. And what I got to think that there's a bit of redemption on the side of Shanahan, right? I mean, talking about coaches, I mean, he was right there up 25 at halftime as an OC in Atlanta. And, and obviously he was heavily criticized for the shell that he and that offense went in. They've got a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl. Uh, the last time they faced the Chiefs just a handful of years ago, and they're not able to shut the door. So, uh, obviously, I think for him, uh, this is a, a huge opportunity and one that he can probably shut some naysayers up. And uh, I, I would imagine if they do get a lead and find a way to have that in the fourth quarter, I wonder what he does differently, what he's learned from his previous two experiences here in the Super Bowl with the lead late. This one feels enormous and look all Super Bowls are enormous right like we get to this week and and you have Radio Row and just all the news coming out of there and it's it's wild but it's Las Vegas and I think the the Chiefs being there and the Taylor Swift element and the added 
interest from non-football fans, you know, beyond just the, the normal Super Bowl scenario. Like, it just seems like it has extra oomph this week. And it's in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, it's Vegas, baby. I mean, it, it does have it does have extra oomph. I mean, it's – look, there's star power in this game. I mean, it just it just is. Um, obviously, we touched on a lot of those stars, and we haven't even touched on the defensive side of the football. I mean, Nick Bosa, uh, he's he's been a defensive player of the year. Chris Jones is probably one of the absolute best defensive players of the last decade that just seemingly never gets the credit that he probably deserves. Um, you know, it, it does have added oomph. Uh, I think that Kansas City has become, uh, you know – they're become a team that a lot of people love or a lot of people love to hate. And I think that that makes you uh, very polarizing and they become even more that with the Taylor Swift discussion that you touched on the San Francisco 49ers going back to Joe Montana, Steve young, and even here recently with the success they've had getting on the big stage. I mean, they're a, a household brand and a household name. So uh, there's no doubt, man. I mean, and, and then the point spread, I mean, what is it? One, one and a half. I mean, the, everyone is just expecting a game, I think, to come down to the very end, likely final possession. And the venue that it's at, the star power that it has, all the storylines surrounding it, I think, set up for a fantastic week and what should be just an outstanding Super Bowl. And for the local interest, at least, more Sooners in this game than any other uh, college out there. I, yeah, I had uh, Coach Stoops on my, my morning show on Sirius, and, you know, he's obviously super close with uh, the Kittle family, and, and he was out there for the NFC Championship game. And I was asking him, I was like, so what do you do this week? You know, you've got, I believe, what is it? Is it four guys on the Kansas City Chiefs um, that are former Sooners and a couple that played for him, and Lane Johnson, uh, sorry, and James Winchester, um, uh James Winchester, Blake Bell, Blake Bell. I don't know why. Humphrey, I said yeah, Blake Bell. And then obviously, um, we'll get Wanye didn't play for him, but he's a sooner. Yeah. Yeah. But Trent Williams played for him. Uh, and so I just, I think it's, I asked him like, who you're rooting for? And he said, you know, when you, when you spell it out that way, uh, I guess I can't really have a rooting interest. So, uh, <laughs> it, you, you know, you kind of just have to root for everybody, but it is pretty cool and unique that, Sooners represented by six different guys uh, on the biggest stage. And that's, I mean, what more can you ask for in a world of visibility, always recruiting? I would imagine, uh, I have not checked these Sooner social media, but I would imagine they will be firing out as many tweets as humanly possible, pumping up the guys and reminding everybody just how well represented Oklahoma is in the Super Bowl. That was a pretty good Bob Stoops impression. So if we ever decide to do a parody with Bob, uh, you're getting the phone call. You're, you're getting the call out of the pen. Well, I mean, I, 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 I've got a little bit. I think the longer I go, the worse it would get. Okay. But I could, I could give you a good five to ten seconds, maybe. Fair enough. Uh, it is at least passable. But uh, what a week, man! I, I obviously I'm not there this year. I was there last year for Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio and Radio Row, and just all the festivities around Super Bowl week is absolutely awesome. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up for the Super Bowl, man. I think it's going to be a a really good matchup, but uh, I, I have definitely not wavered. I haven't changed. I still, and again, I'll, I'll probably, maybe by Friday I will, but as I look at it, I, I still, as much as I respect the heck out of the Niners defense and the way that they play, I think the Chiefs are the better defense. 
Uh, I think Steve Spagnola is an X factor and potentially some of the confusion he can create for Brock Purdy. And I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, you know, he's, he's one of the best to ever play the position. And right now I just feel like this dude is absolutely locked in. One thing I do think will be interesting. What do you think they do with Kadarius Tony? Like, do you even mess with Kadarius Tony, even if he's healthy? Yeah, I think they will. You think They'll so? They'll have something for him. I just, I mean, he he had kind of fallen out of favor, it felt like, you know, yeah. with the drops and the penalties. And I just, yeah, you're probably they're right. Not, I, mean, I, you know, I don't think they're going to call his number consistently, but they will have, they'll have something for him just to, you know, because his, his speed, speed is so yeah. dynamic that I think yeah. you have to make San Francisco respect that he might get the ball so you you, no. you probably have something for him just just from that regard but no, i think you're right you don't put the game in his hands but i way. think you're right but i just it's interesting that even without him uh they're still you know guys step yeah. up uh rasheed rice has been been fantastic but obviously we got the rest of the week to break it down but man it's finally here it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun week for sure amen to that dusty have a good week we'll ca- we'll catch up again on wednesday and talk more super bowl madness sounds good buddy That is Dusty Dvorak joining us via the Blitz Hotline. I'm Colby Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin. We're back in a moment here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.